G'day, Life of Miners, and welcome to another NTech Legends episode. This part two of three with one of the most well known legends in WA mining, Mr. Tony Syme. Now, make sure you head back to part one and hear about Syme's early airleg days all throughout WA. It's a great little chat. Part three to come next week. Now, this episode is proudly brought to you by our great friends at NTech Mining who lead the way in mining engineering, geotech, resource geology and ventilation consultancy. Great supporters of the show. Now, the main man, Shane McClay, gets a few mentions in this from when he used to knock around with Simesy back in his early pup days. So, now in this part too, Simesy talks about getting his first class manager's ticket. Now, he got his graduate diploma in mining through the Ballarat Union. Simesy says he got high distinctions in all subjects. Now, he swears that the likes of Shane McLean, Stewie Tonkin showed him uh, where to get the material online and he did it all himself. Though I did have suspicion that Macker and Stewie might have done a couple of assignments for him, but Simesy squashed that idea. So, but I know what I would have done in that situation. So, in this part two, we go into Simesy's days with Elton. Now, Elton were one of the big, first big mining contractors in WA, and Simesy started out with them as a shift boss, then to foreman, then a project manager, and eventually operations manager. And this was at many of the sites that are still around today, such as the likes of uh, Bellevue, Leinster, North Parks. Now, there's some great info in this episode on the original development at North Parks, where Simesy was the project manager, and it was a quality assurance mine where Development had to be within 2.5% of overbreak. Bolts had to be uh, in exactly the right spot. Great part of the episode about those early days. So, as I said, get excited for part three coming out next week. In that, we get into Simesy's management style from his days of managing big operations like Golden Grove, Gualia, DeGrusa, which he started up. So I won't give too much away, but it provides a lot of helpful advice for all the young aspiring mine managers out there. So let's get into part two of three, the Elton days with Tony Syme. Here we go. Back in the Yeah, how was that? Was that your first time you yeah, went exactly. to Elton to be a man to start shift bossing? <clears throat> well, I got me um, shift boss's ticket and uh, had um, oh, what was your name? Ah, should he work with um, oh, Minko for years? Um, Clarky, just can't think of his name now. Anyway, he did the um, all the coaching and all that sort of thing with it. And anyway, we all did our ticket, and there was um, uh, one of the Gilman boys did it. And myself and a couple of others. Anyway, I didn't. I didn't get anything back from them, and you know they were all getting their letters back and everything. I'm the clerk. Is what the hell's going on, mate? End up fine enough. I didn't have to go for a question, so I passed it well enough to go straight through. But um, then I was well. as after Lentz, I went to Leinster, and then I come back to Laban again because Leinster closed down, and actually we won the. Grand final in Leinster, the last that last year too in the footy. Yep. And I come I come runner up there and best for that year. 
<laughs> Where'd you play on the footy field? I ended up full back there, but most of the time was in the ruck and uh, in the back line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never in the forward line. But um, with Elton, I was at, um, started out with them, they were chip washing up at Bellevue when they were doing the shaft. They just finished the shaft and they were just starting putting all the um, levels off the shaft. Yeah. You know, set it all up, finishing off load and pocket, you know, getting all that going, uh, putting a little decline down into the bottom of the shaft. Was uh, Tony Mayage the master sinker when you were there? No. Yeah, he was there as a foreman. Yeah. The sinking had finished by then. Okay. Yeah. I remember him saying uh, when he was at the Grizz, he's like, you wouldn't believe it. I used to be Symes's boss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you've got me into trouble quite a few times. <laughs> you've got to do this shit. Come up top and you fire that thorough. No. Right. So you'd run over the plat there. Fire that. Symes, he said. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Hilly had come over there and started abusing the Halliad and Harleys and that. And he'd say, Oh, you know, he's only a young ship boss, you know, he's trying <laughs> to do the right thing. And <laughs> Enough, Tony. Enough. Don't bloody get me the sack. Because <laughs> <laughs> what? How old? So how old were you when you first shift was in gear? So thirty six, thirty seven, was it? Yeah. What year was it? Thirty four. Yeah, thirty four. Thirty four. But he, um, and what? And shift bossing back then, oh, I've heard it was like the position was so re- well respected. Oh yeah. Like. Yeah. By, by everyone. You had to know. You had to know what you're doing. Yeah. Or else, you know, the guys give you shit. But, oh, bloody hell, funny. When I started there, shift wasn't there. I was doing um, afternoon shift and um, had uh, old Mick Norton was on night shift. And he has one pay there where he ended up getting the highest pay out of the whole lot because Mick just didn't turn up. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing double shifts there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did that many double shifts. But all the time, there, you know, you, I was as fit as hell there because I was climbing the ladders. Oh, because you don't know no, you or another. No, no you, well, you don't. You just started bloody putting all the levels out from the yep. what's it from the shaft, and so you're up and down the ladders all the time, and you'd be bloody on bogger. And if there was, you know, you come across the face, and you had one hole left or two holes left, you'd finish it off, and you know, so it was a good sort of work and shift boss as well as you know doing what we were doing. And was that was that residential then, or was that a camp? That was a no, camp. that was in a camp. Yeah, and we 12, were eight-hour shifts, but yeah, 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 eight-hour shifts, and we were basically you. Whenever you're on um, night shift, you went home, and come back because the following week would be afternoon shift. Oh, yeah. so you'd leave buddy Friday morning. And where'd and you fly? Come did back. you fly into Leinster there? No, I was driving. Oh, really? Yeah, Dri- I was all driving. Drive the girl. Yeah, oh, and you were living in Cal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't go Friday morning, then you'd have to be back there by um, you know four o'clock. Monday afternoon for afternoon shift. Yeah, right. So you had a reasonable sort of a break. So how'd you go? How'd you like shift bossing straight up? Was it? Um, did you have a knack for it, or did you? Yeah, fall no, into it right. pretty yeah. easy. No, it was quite good. They didn't worry me that much. But as soon as that, you know, as soon as the contract finished there, well, then I ended up going down with Lawsy was, Lawsy was running um, Dave or he was running uh, Mount Pleasant. Yep. So I ended up down there, a bit of shift bossing and then buddy, a bit of rising. I, I just hated air leg and then by then I just didn't want to do it. But I ended up thinking, oh, well, I'll stick with it. And then ended up being foreman there. So and you just got, just got over it, doing it for so long? Or? Yeah, I just got sick of it. Yeah. And my hands and everything were just stuffed, you know. Carpal tunnel and all the rest of it, just, you know, you just couldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Where, where's Mount Pleasant again? That's just out of Cal, right? Yeah, it's just out of Cal. Yeah. Just um, go out to where, just before Aurobanda, turn left there. It's about 10 k's in there. Yeah, right. He goes. So, Lawsy, he was... Um, he was a project manager there. Yeah, because he was manager for ages. He was yeah. managed them for ages. And that was for Elton as well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so then yeah, I learned how to operate a grader there. I used to buddy old um, Vizzo Wush. Vizzo Wush, Vizzo Wush, what was his name? Ah, shit, boss. He was up at DeGrusa for a while then when we first got there. Oh, uh, Joe Slattery. Yes, Bizzo. Slattery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Vizzo Wush Slattery. Yeah, he used to always, he was in the shift before me. And every time I came in, the bloody ute would broken down. So I'd end up just jumping on the grader <laughs> <laughs> and using that as a shift boss wagon a lot of times. Yep. But, um, you know, it's, yeah, um, we had the three-boom jumbo there. We didn't do a lot of bolting. It was only the main decline that was bolted. And, you know, those boys then, that was, you know, they got, oh, shit, they got that uh, multiple speed record was 670, something like that, metres yep. in a month. Because what those, the three-boom jumbos, like how big rounds were they taking with them back then? How oh, long steels? Five-metre. Oh, so the proper big bloody... Mm. Yeah, and big fixed rail yeah. boring thing. Yeah, yeah. And the third, the three boom was it only um because the third boom was only the charge cage. Was no, it? Or no, was it three, always three boring booms? Okay, but, uh, yeah. but no charge cage on it. Or no. they put the yeah. No, it was just um off the platform, the um plank. Yeah, across the booms. Ah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then what they lifted the plank up. At yeah, the you end. just lift the plank up. Yeah, that was the things you know. That's what I used to do as well. So, you know. Peter Renton, buddy, um, Mickey Rat, and Tony Matthews, that was the other jumbo operator on the three boomer there. Yeah. Yeah. So we used to do that quite often and you just get set up, buddy, boy. Renton and Mickey Rat a few times. Uh, Mickey Rat didn't mind, he wouldn't have minded the social aspects of the game back then, yeah. wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, so that there was, you know, it's quite a good job, really. You know, they, Elton did well out of that. And we had buddy quite a few big stopes there, big tons coming out and that sort of Who thing. was the client there, Mount for Mount Pleasant? Can't remember. Yeah. So how now, now how big was Richard Elton? um Richard, Richard, Richard. No, I can't think of his name. He ended up working for Buddy Elton later on. So who, how big was Elton back then? Like where did they have contracts? How many people were <sighs> we had underground we had Mount Pleasant. See, when Elton started off, they, had, um, they did a shaft, a sample shaft at um, Lancefield, just beside there. Then they went over, I think, Bellevue, I think, was their next job, the shaft sink there. And then while they were doing that, that's when they got Mount Pleasant. Then they got Aurobanda, so they had Aurobanda and Mount Pleasant going at the same time. They were declines and stopes. And then they just went from there. So who? So you had Western Mine and were pretty much running. Mate. They were the in and around mm. Campbell and everything. So had, yeah, Western Mining had Landfield and as well. Yeah. So when? So but who were the contractors back then? So when? When it was like West in the early seventies when you first started. So was there many? Was there companies out there that were contractors, or it was mostly clients? It was mainly client. Yeah. And so when? Who were the first contractors to come in? Blasey Elton. Yeah. And then you had, um, yeah, Dayatoa Mining, which was uh, Ross Graham and them. They started up early. 
after that was after um, they started up at Bellevue with the stoping and that up there, and then um, burn cut coming out of that. By the time that was finished, burn cut had started. Um, National Mine Management coming out of a couple of guys, were engineers that were with Elton, Western Mining and Elton, uh, Fiori. Uh, can't think of the other ones. And uh, so. And then Barminko, what that was Barminko, coming out of Western Mine. Barminko had come from, uh, yeah, after he left Laverton. Yeah. After Piggy left there, that's when he started them up. So they're all, you know, I can't remember the dates and all that, but it was sort of around that time. Yeah. So how long was your, so your Elton tenure? So did you, when did you sort of progress from the well, foreman we, to manager to ops manager? Well, I went from foreman at um, Mount Pleasant and then I went to project manager at Lansfield. And up at Lansfield was, you know, the Lansfield decline where Western Wine was doing all the shaft and all that and we're doing the decline. And we're down pretty deep then, we we're down around the uh, eight nine hundred level, and uh, we had three boom jumbo there as well, and we um, we're getting actually we got what did we get we got six hundred when Mount Pleasant got the six seventy one we were getting six hundred fifty or something we're twenty or thirty meters below them, so they were still they were doing all right then as well. But one of the funny things about Buddy up there, we never used to bolt in the ore drives or nothing like that, and we used to do shanty backs. You know, the ore would be, you know, 45 degrees sort of thing, 50 degrees, and so you'd go in with a sort of a um, pseudo half body TP sort of thing, but you'd only go sort of across to the centre of the ore body, yep. across the centre of the drive. And anyway, Buddy Bogger driver got me on the radio one day and he said, I can't get in the drive. I said, what do you mean? We had about 45, 50 metres of this ore drive done. He said, I can't get in the drive. It's just one big rock. <laughs> and, you know, the whole shanty of the ore. Yeah. It's just a bloody big triangle. had just fallen down straight in the drive for the whole length of the whole drive. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, so that was when we started bolting up there. And so we started bolting everything after that. Yeah. And change just the shape. Spot, spot bolt, just spot bolt. Yeah. Yeah. And change the shape of the bloody drives as well so that they weren't so so badly bloody overhang, such a bad overhang in it. God, wow, that would have been a bit of popping to get back in there, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, every time we went past it, just, you know, bore a cutout sort of thing. Yeah, you yeah. put four or five bloody holes in it, six Jeez, holes. Jesus Christ. And <laughs> so the project manager there, <coughs> well, the other thing is really lucky there. We're bloody lucky not to have a fatality there one day. Bogger operator was bogging the decline. Anyway, one of the bloody nippers, he went down there to tidy up the hoses and he'd done a bit of watering down and that. And anyway, the bogger went away up the top and he just loaded a truck. Anyway, he come back and luckily he was going around the left-hand corner and he seen this cap lamp shining out on the decline and he stopped. And his bloody slab had fallen off the side of the drive and hit the nipper and he was laying out in the bloody decline. Oh, wow. God. So I was bloody lucky you seen that. And then what? So then how uh, – oh, so he's – the nipper's on the, um, under the rock flashing his light. No, he, he was laying on the ground and knocked him out. Oh, right. And his cap lamp but was just, just laying there, the just light. shining in the right, and he's doing the light. 
Jeez. But we ended up, you know, all of that there was all uh, mesh and bolting, all the decon and all that sort of thing after that. And uh, it was, what when we, was basically when we started all that. So when, when like, because obviously bolting and meshing or meshing wasn't a wasn't a mandatory thing back then for people that don't know but what was some of the ground that wasn't bolted or wasn't meshed and you i guess if you look at it compared to today like would you did you did you does your perspective on it all a lot different now like considering what you thought was normal back then and what you seem normal now well the thing was then you learned how to read the ground and you knew what was going to happen if you didn't look at the ground and read it and check scale and things like that. Yeah. Now with all the bottom meshing, you know, you, you young blokes like yourself, you know. Oh, you don't have to. You, yeah, you, you take you don't it have out to of look head. at it, you know. Nah, Especially nah. these ones where they just go in and shop read it and things like that. You don't know what the hell's behind there. Mm. You know, and they just had to read the ground. And some of these jobs. You know, camp older jobs, same with the Lancefield one and all that. There's no bolts in the top end of it and all that. But you'd go through there and every time we went down there, you'd be looking at it. You know, you'd have the spotlight of the U to be pointing up the roof. All the mm. truckies would be watching it when they're going down because we had the um, 6 9 cs and that, you know, the big Elfie trucks. And they were sitting right up next to the backs anyway, so they'd be watching it all the time as well. And, you know, you just, everybody just kept their eye on it. Because when I first seen that decline, when I was on the air leg up at Lansfield, I went out there in the decline, went out and first started it. This is when I was still on the air leg. And my cap lamp couldn't even see the backs. And I thought, stuff working in this. You can't even see what you're doing. Because <laughs> you weren't used to being something so high. Well, I, was, I was in a you know, air leg where you just you know stick your hand you're, up and there was the backs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what about with all the... um? I guess reading the seismicity in and around Candela, was it was it pretty seismic back then when you were there? It was, but it was one of the things where, you know, some mines you you listen to the ground talking and when it stops talking, that's when you gotta worry. Yeah. And other ground, if it wasn't talking, was okay, but as soon as it did talk, you had to worry. Mm. You know, so there's all these different types of ground. That was all part of reading the ground and but listen to the old blokes, you know, listen to them at crib room and that. You know, because you had guys who were 60 years old have been in, in mining ever since they were 14, 15 years old and that, you know. Yeah. And they'd be talking about this stuff all the time. And you just had to listen because no one would tell you anything. And, you know, if you asked them, yes, some of the guys would tell you. Others would just say, sit there, shut up and listen. Well, was airleg and seismicity a bit different in airleg and compared to the drives now because everything's bigger and more open yeah. and, and everything was it did it perform a bit differently when you're in smaller drives yeah, it did it did perform you know you you didn't really have to worry about it. you just had to worry about scaling and if you did see something you know it'd be very obvious mm. but you know stoping and all that sort of thing was a different story because you didn't have bolts so yeah you had to keep an eye on that because sometimes yeah, there's a job that I left in Norseman that buddy fell in after I left it. You know, and it, and I never ever I never ever liked it. It's just because there's a few shears and things like that. And whatever you got them, you know, they've got to come to a head somewhere and if you can't see them or mm. you fire one cut and there's that head. Yeah. You know, so these things you always had to keep an eye on. But in the rail drives and all that sort of thing, you'd hardly have to worry about it. Yeah. You know, it's just watch out for scale and you know, a bit of scats here and there. So when with the with the management time with Elton's, where did that whole journey take you? 
Well, when I was um, at, um, what's the name, Lancefield, from there, I went over to Bellevue, helped and got the contract for the yeah. whole of Bellevue. And uh, that was after um, AAT and Bone Cut and all them were in there. And so we took over the whole lot of that. And that was all the project manager that. So ended up was, I think we ended up about eight or 900 guys there. Oh, wow. That's huge. You know, there's, yeah. there's three jumbos, but he, um, 40 or 50 air leaguers and, you know, all this sort of thing. Yeah, God, you love the love the hard ground, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. So that must have been, like, because you look at the grades there, got it that job now, restarting it. That must have been phenomenal back in the day, eh? Yeah. You know, that, um, the Bellevue mine there, the, the ore body there mining was, I can't remember, it was out in the hangar wall or out in the foot wall of the ore body up there. Yeah. Because they pretty well mined everything out that was there at the time. So what was gold sitting at back then? God, would have been, what, a few hundred bucks an ounce or something? Or? Yeah, it was under, under a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they, but it was obviously high enough grade to yeah. make money. But how, but how does it work? Like back then, well, you, you, when you got into the, the client side and the costs with contracting and everything was to run a mine site compared to what it is today and what you can run a mine site at. What's what are the big different things today? Could you run everything a lot cheaper back then? Well, the overheads, your overheads were, you know, your third was wages, your third was gear, same sort of thing, but your costs were a lot lower. And your equipment, your equipment was, in comparison, you know, you could get a jumbo for under a million bucks. And you get a two boom jumbo for you know six seven hundred thousand. So, and your rates and all that weren't all that much bloody lower than what they are nowadays. You know, to sort of ten years ago. So there was quite a bit of a difference there, and the, you, there's opportunity to make a bit of money out of it. Mm. Nowadays, it's you know it's efficiency. Efficiency is the only thing that makes you money. But was there a lot more cost in, I guess, the tra- tra- safety and training and stuff? Today, I know mines rescue was still a thing then, but a lot more of the mandatory yeah, stuff. Mines rescue needed. was always the company always did that. Yeah, not the contractor. Um, the bloody safety and training and all that was that only really come in. We started putting safety training guys on. When was it North Parks? I started Brenton Bastion, one of the jumbo operators. Started him as a safety and trainer. That was the first site we had it. Yeah. You know, we just didn't have it. And it was just started then, mainly because of North Parks. That we did that. But oh, before we went to Buddy um, Bellevue in Rocky's Reward, I was there. Started that decline off and did that. That's in Leinster, so. Yeah. The other back. And that was where Harney, Buddy Bastard, really shocked me. See him passing away just the last couple of months ago. Yeah, I saw that. It's bloody but, um, that was where he first, first put in the thousand volt. Bloody brilliant. Oh, so that was mm. that was Rocky's reward. Yeah. That was the first thousand. God. Yeah. So that was I know Dave Law mentioned it as one of the biggest game changes oh, in the industry. It was, you know, the things that Harney did with the thousand volt jumbo, the way he perfected jumbo boxes, pumps, you know, stop pumps from tripping out and all this sort of thing. Timers and all that is just bloody brilliant what he did. And he did really they were and were Han the they were the Sparky like yeah. in like they were the uh, not the monopoly but they they pretty much were the main one were they? Yeah, they were the main one that started out. Yeah, yeah. So who and I'll probably 
as as I asked Dave, the I guess the biggest like thousand volts, obviously one of them. But what were some of the big other game changes to get the to from where you worked in the seventies to where it is now? Well, well, the thousand volt was one of them. Yeah. The um, gear and everything hasn't really changed all that much. It's got more expensive and more difficult to operate on, but the basics are exactly the same. The um, bolting and all that sort of thing, split sets, split sets, um, brilliant, absolutely brilliant bolt. And, you know, they ended up with so many different applications they got now with fully grouted and bloody chemicals and, you know, all the rest of it. Mm. But, you know, that bolting everywhere, that was really sped things up. But those, those are a couple of the greatest things out. But all the safety stuff, no. That just hindered the whole lot of it. That took all the thinking out of it. Well, I suppose probably the, these days what the capabilities of tele-remote bogging, yep. it'd be pretty... Um, yeah, especially, tele-remote, yeah. Oh, but even like um, in the recent years where it's like the operating, like, you know, all these guidance and multiple boggers and one person up top and there's yeah. like five or six boggers yeah. going around. A lot, to, a lot to maintain with the procedures to... Buddy, uh, for barriers and setting them to make yeah. sure no one's in there. Yeah. But like for, when you see that going, especially over shift change, it's one of the greatest yeah. things I've bloody yep. seen. Yeah, so so you know what Rocky's reward was just you know just putting in the decline, starting up all the um, levels and all that sort of thing. There's no stop and everything going when I left there, and went out to Bellevue, and you know the hard ground out there. Um, so. We had, you know, good social club out there too. We had, um, I think we we're getting 50 cents a can. That was going to the social club. Yeah, yeah. So we used to have the bands every month. We'd have a band up there. Christmas time, the social club would buy all the bloody prawns and crayfish and all the rest of it. Yeah. And, you know, we'd buy presents for everybody and all this sort of stuff. You know, it was a really, really good bloody social sort of a place. Plenty of, plenty of entertainment. <laughs> good and bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I remember, buddy, um, I don't know whether you've heard of Death or not. Alan Death. Yeah, yeah Alan yeah. Death, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one of the things, as one of the, um, I reckon it's one of the best comebacks that have ever been put at me in all my mining. He was, buddy, come in there whinging one payday and, you know, I did this and I did that and everything like that. I said, yeah, but Death, you weren't supposed to go out there. You went off the plan. You stuffed up. You know, it was an absolute stuff-up. So why do you expect me to pay you for stuff-ups? And he just looked at me quick as a flash and he said, I'll bet you your mum accepted child endowment. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a pay in that one. That was one of the best comebacks <laughs> I've ever heard. He's still going. He's still ship fossil, yeah. I think, Deathy. Yeah, I've seen him on Facebook every now and again. He, he comes up. So when did when did uh, when did North Parks get in, or when did you first go from uh, project manager well, ops manager? So Bellevue, all that, you know, good place. I left there, so then I went to North Parks. Oh, so that was the and that was the ops ops manager. No, no, this is still project manager. Oh yeah, yeah. North Parks was a QA site. What's a QA site? Quality assurance. What's that mean? Well, it means that you're assuring the client that if you're going to have a five by five and a half decline yeah. at this shape, it's going to be within two and a half percent of that. Oh, wow. 
And why was and that? So, and why was that a QA site? They just wanted a QA site because because of the um, the block cave that was going to be, everything had to be you know as far as geotechnical went. Mm. They couldn't have heaps over break and all that sort of stuff. And was and, that Rio then? Yeah. Yeah. No, actually it was north. It was north then. What were they called? North, 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 north mining or something like that. Yeah, right. And then, and anyway, so we had all the jumbo operators like um, Stewie, Stewie Ackert, Gary Brooks, Ian Cameron. Yeah, they're on the main jumbo. Um, Ozzy, oh, he was on the bog when we first started. Stewie Law, no, not Stewie Law, Nathan Law. Um, Who's the other one? I can't think of the other ones. But we had um, each jumbo operator, bogger operator, truck and all that had non-conformance reports. So they had a plan for the bolts, they had a plan for pipes, they had a plan for vent, we had a plan for electric cables, even had a plan for road base. We had a mixture that we had to stick to yeah. and we had to lay out to the distance, yeah. height and everything like that. Oh, and yeah. they even overcored it. They even overcored it just to make sure that and tested it to make sure the quality was there. Oh, yeah. So the jumbo operators that have non-conformance reports. So the jumbo operators have to put in all the, all the bolts and all that sort of thing. They were allowed to move their bolts within, I think it was 200 mil of the plan or 250 mil. Depending on whether there's, you know, there might be a pointy rock there and you'll do a mesh. So you had to go on either side of that pointy rock or else the mesh would just look like shit, wouldn't be doing anything. So they would put in, if they went over the 200, they would have to put in a non-conformance report and just write out bolt number such and such and ring number such and such at such and such metres is 100 mil to the right or whatever. God. So then we would have to get that and... Richard Orm was the engineer. He did a lot of it. The shift bosses would log it all and everything like that, and then it'd go on to Richard, and then we'd have to do a non a we'd done the non-conformance report, so then we'd have to do the remedial action report. Okay, Tom, how we we'd put it to them, and then they'd send us back a remedial action report if we had to fix something. So then we'd have to fix it. So all the jumbo operators were basically. They didn't like it at starting that because they were dobbing in their mates because they would have to put in non-conformance on oh, what they right, come yeah, to yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then you put corrective action in. We would put corrective actions in for what we could and then if we had to go to the client, then they'd put us, come back with whatever they had to, and we had to do to fix it. Anyway, you know, it was that good that once we went down the decline, we went down four and a half k's of decline to the shaft Met up with the loading pocket on the shaft, and we were 137 mil out. Yeah. And that was within conformance of the Australian standards or the world standards or whatever for measurement and all this sort of thing. We were within the tolerance. And anyway, they were kicking up a hell of a lot of shit about it. Yeah, that's now the loading station's not going to line up, all this sort of shit. But the tolerance we were allowed was. 2,000 mil or something like that. Yeah. So it wasn't a drama. And it was on the survey. It was all double-checked, everything like that. And we'd put a, end up with drives around the main block cave and all this sort of thing. And you'd end up with butts that were, you know, put your two fingers together 
couple of inches apart and there was the end of two butts from two drives meeting up with each other yeah. all around the face, you know. And we, we had quite a few photos of that sort of thing. Oh, right. that sounds like a bloody nightmare to work yeah, at. It was. Fuck it up. But I tell you what, they were the neatest miners. By the time we had the yeah. four jumbos, when we had the four jumbos going and all those operators, they were the neatest miners you could mm. ever come across when they come back out of there and went to other jobs. Well, you know what Stewie Urquhart is like. He's anal as anything. Yeah. So yeah, it yeah. obviously stems from uh, stems yep. from that. But even rock bolts and all that, yeah. the client went and overboard them. They get a big, big diamond drill. And they'd overcore it all. Yeah. And we had um, we used to have to do tests with um, clear pipe or exhaust pipe, all this sort of thing. Put them at all the different angles, pump them full of grout and all this HGB bolts and all that. Cut them open, split them open, all this sort of thing, and show you know so that we could get the conformance that all the bolts were right and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Wow. Cold as fuck too, eh? North Parks. We knew time it was. <laughs> <coughs> so how did how deep how big was that North Parks before, like, was that – so you were developing the first bit of the block cave, huh? Hey? Yeah, we did the decline all the way down to the loading station. And how, how deep We put was all that? the loading station. I think it was 1,000 metres. Oh, so she's bloody – Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty deep. Yeah, wow. Or was it 750 metres? Can't remember. But then and we had – There were three different levels. There were three different levels of the block cave. There was a cave level. Then another cave, interim cave level, yeah. and then the mill hole level, yeah, right. extraction level. Each end of the extraction level, we had these two dirty big crusher chambers. They were about um, 60 metres long, 40 metres wide, 70 metres high. And they were done with jumbo. Yep. The incline, decline sort of thing. Yep. And four cable bolts all around it, all the rest of it. Yeah, wow. That's and, impressive. Uh, so... That was a good job, and there was then halfway through that was when um, they made me um, operations manager to look after what's the name Browns Creek and and uh, what's the name and Parks. Where's and Browns Creek? It sounds familiar. Uh, where the one that got flooded where Macca was. Ah, oh, that's that's where that's familiar. Yeah. Yep, yep. Was that near near Orange? Near Orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they were all living in in Blaney, and some of them were living in Orange. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think a few of those guys that aggro and all that, they still yeah. work at Cadia in yeah. and around there, live at Blaney. Yep. Oh, there you go. So how and so you where did you live over there? I lived in um what's the name in Parks itself? Yeah. What was Parks like in New it South was, Wales territory, mate? No yeah. AFL over there then. No, we got it occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> occasionally, just because of Sydney. Oh, is that why you started going for the Swans? No. No, my old man played for Sarah Fremantle. Ah, right. So when old buddy got TV, I just went for the same colour. There you go. Yeah, when I first went down to boarding school, they had the winners on and I went for the same colours. Yeah. Yeah, he only played bloody two or three games and went back to the farmies and stuff, the city. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, I stayed in uh, parks and then after that, um, once Richard got him up to speed and everything, he took over the project manager's role at um, Parks, for all the rest of it, the finishing off and all that. Well, then I um, come back to Cal, and that's when uh, Western Mining went contract down in Cambolder. So I was looking after Long Victor, 
and also Blaney and North Parks. So I work. I oh, say so Western Mining took Elton on as the contractor. Yeah, we had. Um, yeah, Western Mining went out the contractor. So he had um, Henry Walker. Henry yep. Walker had some jobs. Um, what's the name? Uh, Burncat had some jobs. Elton had some jobs. Um, oh, Ross Graham and them, they had some jobs. And what was the big driver why Western Mining went to contract it? I think mainly to get rid of all the um, expenses. Yeah. The um, go to 12-hour shifts, fly in, fly out or whatever. Actually, while we're at North Park too, we've got the single editing world record as well when we're doing these first peep. And the thing was, we had to do all this tidy conformance with road base down to every stockpile. Once we got another new stockpile established, we had to road base it down to the next one. And all the pipes had to be steel pipes, all and hangers and all straight and everything like that. And yeah. we still got a still got a single editing record. Oh, wow. Yeah. I suppose that, it, uh, as you said, do, doing something like that sets, oh, yeah. you, sets you up for the future, doesn't it, in terms of standards and, yeah. and that sort of thing, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Right, so when did uh, I guess when did you then gravitate towards out of the contracting game a bit to what you probably did in the latter part of your career, working for clients oh, and everything? I've only got another ten years of Elton to go yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, geez. Oh, well, you better get into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when I come back um, over here, that um, ended up with um, North Parks and Branch Creek. And then Long Victor was added onto that. And then um, we had um, Lawsy, myself, and Paddy Ryan doing the operations manager. Then Paddy left. So then I took over Junction and uh, Silver Swan. And then Lawsy, no, I think I took over Silver Swan after Lawsy left. Then Lawsy left. So then ended up looking after the whole bloody lot of them. They're right. Mm. So that was busy um, man. That was quite a lot of travel. And in that time too, that's when I went back to union. That he um, got me grad grad diploma of mining. So going to Ballarat. The aim with that was that you wanted to be a mine manager, or you yeah. did it for shits and giggles, or flexibility, or that was yeah. The I was goal. Just, same with the airlig, and I was starting to get sick of the body contracting. Yeah, and I was getting sick of um, not being listened to because I was just a scumbag airliner. They get was just doing another job. Mm. So I thought, oh, well, I'll get a ticket then. Oh, still sure? didn't work. I didn't go to uni, so it still didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Did you chum me up with some um, engineers to get the uh, for the coursework to uh, Mainly, get it done, or you did it off your own bat? No, I did it off my own bat, but I had um, Stewie, <laughs> Stewie Duncan. Yep. had um, Evan. Uh, he was my son-in-law at the time. Ben Wilson, um, Corey, Corey Douse, uh Shane Clay. So all these guys are sort of I could milk. You get um, you know, a bit of info and where to go and find all the info and all that sort of stuff. Yep. And all of it's on the internet anyway. So it was all quite easy. And uh, so I ended up doing all the subjects and that and got high distinctions in a whole lot of them, mainly because I plagiarised a whole bloody lot of it. <laughs> you know, you just you go on the internet and you find out all past papers and everything like that and you just change it to what you know. Yep. And because of your experience and everything, you knew what was bullshit and what wasn't. You know, so 
It was all quite good. So, Macca, he was at, was he at Silver Swan, wasn't he? Black Swan, Silver Swan. Yeah, I remember he was at Silver Swan. And, where, and Stewie Tonkin, he was Elton's as well, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. Where was he floating about? He was at, um, he was at Silver Swan as well. And he was at um, Golden Grove with me. It was um, with Bob Graham when I was working for AMS. And also he was out at um, Ronswing with AMS. This was after the Alton days. So when okay, so when when you got your started so, going through the ticket, how long till then that you till you then left Elton? So with all those jobs there, you know that kept on going, and then we ended up with um, Henry Walker Elton taking over, or what's your name? And so I ended up being operations manager for underground for them for a while, and then um, ended up going project manager at Silver Swan, then project manager at Granites, back to regional operations manager again, because um, we had Gloria then added Gloria to it, uh, a few other jobs. Well, I suppose people don't if you if you ever because you wouldn't believe the old H Henry Walker video about scaling and watering down and everything still gets played for till today because no one yeah. bloody uh, no one's updated it. Yeah. And uh, if anyone watches it, the uh, good looking rooster with a bit of a grey mullet hanging out the back is Mister Tony Sawn watering down the muck pile. Yeah, yeah, right. so, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we should have bought that art. Uh, I should have played that live there's, for There's us, quite so a few other ones, actually. Oh, is there? Yeah. yeah. Actually, there's one when I was 18. When I was in the training school at Silver Lake, yeah. West the Mining did a um, video and to try and get all the palms out. And so that was sent over to England and that was played around all the employment places over there to get all the palmy miners to come out. And it was quite surprising. There was a few of them coming out and they and he says, I know you from somewhere. <laughs> Were you in that video? <laughs> <laughs> there you yeah, go. That was when I was a kid. I've never ever seen it, actually. I've yep. never seen it. So that was after, so Henry Walker mer merged with Elton yep. to become HWE. Yeah, and I waited. Uh, it was 2000, I think it was, that I left them. Yep. Or was it? No, it was 02. Yeah, 2002. I went with um, Bob Graham, had his own Beckettized Mining Services. Yep. So I went over to, um, what's the name, uh, George Fisher over in uh, Mount Isa. Yep. And basically went over there for 12 months to um, help them out and uh, just, you know, teach them what we do. Yep. And that was a hard gig. <laughs> they did not like anyone trying to tell them that, you know, we knew better. <laughs> oh, the light, yeah, God, yeah. As, as anyone does it, yeah, yeah. especially the locals. Yeah, they're putting in a decline from the surface down the street level and, oh, God, what a mess. It was just, you know, you'd set them all up, you'd mark up for them, you'd do everything and all this sort of thing. And they'd just, yeah, just bore holes everywhere. <laughs> but well, you wouldn't have been, um, that, you wouldn't have been shine coming forward either, so no. he? <laughs> no, there's... Couple of times there, where I thought I was going to get a flog in underground because <laughs> those boys are yeah, pretty wild. Some of their boys. Oh yeah, yeah. You, I've yeah. heard you don't want to fight a bloody North Queenslander. No, but <clears throat> ended up basically sort of being a bit of a foreman role while I was over there and going around all the jobs, you know, all the long old jobs and everything. Yeah. And in George Fisher itself, there's actually quite funny. One night there, I come in, or the next morning, I come in one morning, and anyway, the buddy. Manager was there, the general manager from Mount Isa there was everybody was there. I thought, what the hell's going on? They saw one of the stopes fell in. 
I was like, which one? And it was one of the secondary states. They'd only been pasting and they'd only pasted, um, you know, one side and the other side and the secretary state in the centre and this was the first one they started boring. And, you know, they started boring it. We put the rig on there, I think it was the day shift before or was it the night shift before? It was only just been there anyway. It only just started boring. <clears throat> and anyway, the operator, he hopped out of the rig, he heard some noise and he hopped out of the rig and he thought, what's that cracking going on? And he walked out of the access drive and he thought, oh, that's coming from the state. So he wasn't in a hole or anything. He just drove the rig back. And, you know, this is 180,000 tonne, this secondary state. And by morning, the whole lot had just fallen out. Wow. And it was all just small stones. It's like it had been fired. Wow. So it's just all the pressure. On, they'd, they'd got the, um, the sequencing out of whack with the se sequencing. Anyway, all the bloody geotech pressure and everything like that, pressure on the ground, just crushed it all. Yeah. And it all just fell out. Oh, wow. God. So that was very lucky. But so it went from there to um, to Golden Grove. With oh, the, speaking of uh, secondary stopes going to stones and poor ground, that's, uh, yeah, that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,